everybody. Welcome back to the conversation series. I am so excited today to have the woman behind one wonderful life. Yes, I hope I said one wonderful. That's a mouthful too. I was like, not wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, I have Sarah Ionico here with me and I am so excited to dive into her world, how she created her business um, and what she's doing with it today. So I'm going to turn it over to her and let her introduce herself. Awesome. Well, thank you, Danielle. I really appreciate it. And good job with the wonderful. It is a mouthful. <laughs> I started it and I was like, are people going to get this? But I was like, you know what? I'm just going I like it. because it does like fit what I am trying to yes. do. So Thanks. essentially the whole brand and like who I am is I'm yeah. trying to help people experience the fullness and joy of life through yeah. traveling and entrepreneurship. So to me, like wandering wonderful that just yes. seemed amazing yeah so I am a wife a dog mom a traveler and I guess the reason why I'm here today is I'm also a female entrepreneur so I have a copywriting business and one wonderful life is my coaching business slash travel blog a little bit of everything um went from passion project to an actual business which is exciting yeah. so yeah it's a little bit about me yeah you took the passion project you you got out of the corporate world and whatever you were doing beforehand and truly became working for yourself on what, I mean, the true word, a passion project, you literally turned into something that you were really wanting to do. Yeah. So my, um, my journey is a little windy. This is not the first business that I started. <laughs> so it was just sort of, um, I don't know how much I've shared in the past, but I was an event planner, a corporate event planner for okay. Look like 10 years in yeah. like various industries. Yeah. Um, my career was very much rooted in events and marketing. I went to school for tourism and hospitality thinking that I would end up in the travel industry, but just the way things worked out, I ended up in hotels, which then led to events. So very messy. Yeah. Was not meant for me at all. But I was just like, okay, this is 2008 or 2012. God, I don't even know when I graduated. I need a job. So like, where am I going to get one? And yeah. events was the easiest thing to find a job in at that point. So I did that for a very long time. And it took me a very long time to figure out why I was so miserable. And it was just that I really hated events. So um, the pandemic happened and I was like, okay, well, events are not going so hot right now. How can I pivot and do something that I actually enjoy and make money. Cause I definitely, the only thing I knew at that point, I left my nine to five to be a contractor in the event space before the pandemic. Yep. And I was like, Ooh, that was not a great move, but like, who was I? Like, I didn't know yep. that that was going to happen. So I figured out that the underlying factor of all of my jobs that wasn't with events was copywriting and marketing yeah. and things like that. And I had one freelance client that a friend had like asked me if I wanted to help with. So I was like, all right, let me see if I can do this full time. So I actually started a copywriting business first and I still have that business. It's very much still part of my life and who I am and what yeah. I do. And I love my clients now. Um, and it's helped me not go back to a nine to five. And it also helped me be able to start one wonderful life because I built that up to a point where I'm making much more than I was at my nine to five. So now this yeah. with a lot less time invested. So that was sort of what allowed me to start One Wonderful Life and talk about my traveling and entrepreneurship and all of that good stuff. One of the things that stood out was a statement that you had made 
that you have never like, yes, you're in events, but you were kind of, you were in and out of doing a bunch of different things. When like, why did something just not hook you? And then this one wonderful life is what hooked you. Like, was that the case? Yeah. So I think for literally all of my life, um, of like, you know, when you go to school, you're taught like, this is what you do. Like you go to school, you decide what college you want to, you get a job, you, you know, you try and climb the ladder. That's just what you do. Yeah. And even though my dad's an entrepreneur, I like, for some reason, just didn't see that as an option for me. I was like, I don't want to be an accountant. He's an accountant. Like, yeah. I don't want that business. Yeah. So I didn't even think about looking into entrepreneurship in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So I went to school. I majored in tourism and hospitality management. I took the first job I could get because I was like, well, I need to pay my bills somehow. So what am I going to do here? Um, you know, nobody ever teaches you how to like negotiate your salary, figure out if a job is a good fit for you, figure out what you want out of a job. You know, like it's just, you're sort of taught that it's sort of like a gift that somebody's going to be hiring you and like you're working for them. And, you know, it's just, that was the path that I followed because I thought that was the only path. Yeah. Yeah. So for a decade, literally, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, wow, I did this for 11 years. Like how awful is that? (laughs) So I was just jumping from job to job. And like, at that point, job hopping was still something that people talked about a lot. My mom and, you know, she was like, you know, maybe you should try and stay a little bit longer. I'm like, but why? Like, I hate it. I don't like it. I don't like my boss. Like this is miserable. I'm not going to stay just because I don't want to be seen as a job hopper. Right. So I think that was the first thing that I was like, you know what? Screw what people like tell me I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm not going to stay in something that makes me miserable. Um, the issue was every job made me miserable in some way, shape or form. So, you know, it was always something, it was the work, it was the boss, it was the commute, it was something. Um, and then I met up with a friend in Spain at one point and he had left his job to become a contractor in the events world. So he did not have a boss anymore. He had his own business. And I was like, shoot, like, why am I not doing that? Yeah. Um, and I thought about it. I was like, you know, this is really scary because I have no idea what I'm doing. Like absolutely no clue. And this could actually really screw up my career even more if I fail. Yeah. But I've tried all of these things. So why shouldn't I try this? You know? Yeah. So I talked to my husband. I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. Like I am going to go. I am going to try and start a business. We're going to see what happens. Essentially for the next six months after I decided I was doing that, I saved money and just like pocketed everything I could. Cause I was like, I'm going to start this. I'm not going to have any money. How can I make this happen? So he was sort of my mentor for that. He got me on board and I was like super excited about it. Um, and then the pandemic happened. So I like took the risk and I was like, so ready to be in entrepreneurship. And then the pandemic was just like, no, just kidding. You're not doing this because you know, I could have stuck it out. I could have kept trying to sell events, but like really what, what good was that going to do me? It was causing more stress and anxiety and like everyone was canceling events, not booking events. So I was like, you know what, this is just not worth it. Like it's not, it might work long-term, but what am I doing right now? Um, because I had quit my job, so I wasn't getting government like benefits or anything like that. Like other people were like, Yes. I had nothing. So I was like, okay, the only thing I know is that I am not going back to a nine five. Like I had like 
two or three months of like pure freedom at that point that I was like, oh, like it feels good to make money on my own. Like feels yeah. good to not answer to anybody. So I was like, you know what? I just, I need to try something. So I got on Upwork and I put my copywriting skills out into the world that I had literally no idea how to be a copywriter, none whatsoever. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? The one thing that I know I've done at least a little bit and I have one client is writing. So let me see how I can turn this into a yes. business. Yeah. So I got a bunch of clients on Upwork and then it just sort of like spiraled from there. I got referrals. People would find my website. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it ended up being really great. And then that wow. led to And I resonate so much with you when you were talking about, you know, we go to school, we're raised, go to school get our piece of paper and do all these things. Well, now you're looking back and you're like, God, I wish I would have learned in high school instead of home ec or geometry. And now that I'm in business, I don't need that at all. But you're sitting here, I'm like, I wish someone would have taught me how to balance a checkbook or to do yeah. all these, these things that we need in our functional everyday life. I was also raised that you go to school, you get, go to college, you get your piece of paper, you go yeah. and do whatever you need to do. My dad was a very much, that's how he was raised and that carried through to us. He didn't care what we went and did, but he did care that we went and got our piece of paper. Yep. So we that's how my parents go, were too. Yeah. So we could go do it. But it was, yeah. it was that generate that generation growing up that that's that's what was expected and though exactly. so I feel like that carried on to us as well yeah I think it's also a lot about security like for them that's a perceived security you know like um the security is that big company that's going to pay you a job and give you a place to be every day and you can show up and do your work and grow with them and like stay there for your entire life and then you'll have a pension but like pensions don't really exist anymore you know like it's super rare so I think that in terms of security like you can build your own security and that's not something that people really talk about super often so I think that entrepreneurship is actually a better way to create security but people don't talk about that um, because it's just you can make as much money as you want to make you know like your only cap is your time and you know how you hire people and you know what you're able to grow and build but there isn't like you know i'm going to show up today i'm going to sit here for eight hours and then i'm going to get paid for that you know so there is like a give and a take on that in terms of like you actually have to yeah. work yeah. like yeah. hard to make money but you will Absolutely. make more money and nobody's going to fire you. And if a client fires you, so what? You probably didn't need them anyway. And you can go back. Right. right. So it's just a, a different conversation, a different viewpoint, I think. It is. And while we're on it, I just wanted to hit from your perspective and your opinion, some of the advantages, disadvantages, pros and cons of what it is. You've been in both seats. What is it like working for somebody else, but then at the same time, you know, being your own boss, being an entrepreneur, where do you see the advantages and disadvantages of both? Totally. So I think in terms of advantages of the nine to five, like it does give you a set paycheck. Like, you know what you're getting out of every day, every week, like, you know, what your tasks are, like, you don't really have to think about what you're doing now, so unless you're like in management or executive level or something like that. But for me, I was very much like lower level and like 
just right before management maybe. Um, so it was a lot of order taking and a lot of, you know, this is just what you're doing and we'll pay you for it. And then you can go home and, you know, for me, I didn't go home and trade it off. And that was another thing that wasn't great for me, but you're just like, you know what to expect, you know what you're getting out of it. And that's like, it is what it is. Um, but in terms of entrepreneurship, I think that there's a lot more opportunity, but it's a lot harder in a lot of like different ways. Like you have to, I think my dad was actually the one that said this, like you have to go out and find your paycheck. Like you are putting yourself out there. You have to figure out where the money is coming from. And I don't have a team yet. So I'm only worried about paying myself, which is great. But when you grow, you have to worry about like paying other people's salaries. And it's just like a different set of anxieties and pressures, I guess. Um, but for me that the freedom outweighs that like tenfold. So I, I was trying to calculate yesterday how many days off I've actually taken this year. And it was, it's very, I don't do this all the time, but I think I've taken like 30 something days off, like Monday through Friday days off in the past, like since December or January. So I've like, I've taken three international vacations and like, I don't work when I go on these trips. Like I've built my business to a point that people know when I'm leaving and they know that I'm going to get my work done and I'm going to do it either before or after. And they know when they need to get me things before I leave. So I've set up systems and processes in my business and with my clients that they know when I am leaving. So like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs and businesses right now are like, oh, you can build it and take it with you. But like, I don't want to do that. I want to go on vacation. <laughs> so that is something that with entrepreneurship, I didn't realize that I could do because I think people hustle so hard that they sort of forget to reap the benefits of it. So for me, like that freedom is the biggest benefit. And it is like, it's as simple as, you know, the doctor scheduling a doctor's appointment. Like I don't have to ask anybody if I can leave at 10 a.m. to go to the doctor, you know? And for me, like a lot of my friends have just had kids. So like they're dealing with juggling families and a boss and a team and like all of these things that just aren't super conducive to women in the workplace. And I think in the entrepreneurial world, like I have like people on my calls will like breastfeed, like they'll bring their kids to the call. So like for me as a woman in business, like I think that entrepreneurship is just a lot more it's more of a safe space for women in the business world. And that I think those are the benefits, the freedom and the fact that I think women are creating this space that's just really special. Um, and you can be a woman that has it all. So I think that that's sort of like the differences. Absolutely. I, it's one of the things, even though I do take it with me, one of the things that I've appreciated about remote work is that my my job i was able to go live at the beach for the summer i love that and yeah. it, it was so nice because it was just me people came in and out they were able to visit and things like that but it was so nice because i was still able at lunch if i didn't have anything the rest of the day i could go to the beach i could go do whatever 100%. i needed to do yeah because in a sense, I was, I was in my, I was working from my home. And so it was, yeah. it's, I found, I really appreciate remote work that way. Huge. It's just like, it's a totally different lifestyle. Like I have one other friend who is an entrepreneur. So 
during the summer, we go to the beach on like Wednesday mornings every week. And that's just like something that we can do because we don't have a boss that's expecting us to go sit at a desk, you know? And it is like for people that have remote flexible work, that's awesome. That's huge. And I think that maybe if I had tried that, it would have been interesting to me for sure. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm in entrepreneurship, I just don't see myself going back to a nine to five, I guess. But if yeah. I did, it would have to be remote and it would have to be like flexible. Um, one of the other things with this is that my husband just talking about like working in other places yeah. my husband and I's like five to ten year goal is to buy a second house in Spain so like I'm able to have the flexibility to work from there if I feel yeah. like it and I'm yes. able to make the money to pay for it you know yeah. like that is not something that I think I would have ever been able to dream about at a nine to five, just yeah. like at the level that I was at yeah so it just allows you to dream bigger I think hopping deeper into one wonderful life you yeah. it's you know, your passion, you love to travel as you've, we've been talking about, how did the connection come to be between travel, one wonderful life? How, how did that come together? Yeah. So I have always been a traveler. Like that is the one thing that just really lights me up, like brings me immense amounts of joy. And it's just where I feel most in my element, which is so weird because like you would think that that would be at home. And I love my house. I love my family. I right. love where I live, but I am most in my element when I am like out in the world, which is yeah. so weird, <laughs> but I love it. So I wanted to share those stories with other people and show them that they can. I think one of the things that I, that makes me a little bit different in terms of the way I travel is that I love staying at luxury hotels. Like that is my jam. I am obsessed with boutique hotels, like hotels with stories. Like I just love them. I love everything about them. But I also like, I don't want to go and like do like a group boat tour with 50 people that brings me snorkeling. You know, like I want to go meet people that okay. live there. Like I want to go to like the local market and eat fruits that I've never seen before. And like, exactly like I want to immerse myself in the culture but in a way that's comfortable okay and I think a lot of people think it's one or the other like I think a lot of people are like oh if I want to go see like a local place I need to go like stay in a hostel and rough it and you know do like I've I've I was a hostel girl for a long time until I met yeah. my husband and he was like Sarah I'll travel with you but like I am not gonna stay in the places that you stay <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Like, I can't really afford anything else at this point in my life. But now that we can like afford to travel a little bit better than we did before, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna stay in a five star hotel, but I'm gonna go to like the barrio down the street like later today and like talk to people. So like, there's I travel in like a very different way. So I was like, I want to share that with people. But like, the only reason I'm able to travel as much as I travel now and travel the way that I travel now is because I started this online business and I'm making more money than I did in corporate. And I don't have to ask a boss if I can go on vacation, you yeah. know? So that was sort of where the coaching and travel sort of like came together yeah. because as I started writing blogs and stuff, I was like, well, I don't want every vacation to feel like it needs to be travel blog worthy. Right. And I am not the type of person who's going to put makeup on and leave my hotel room at 4am to go take pictures at a right. historic site. That's going to be like bustling by 8am. Yeah. Like that travel influencer life was just not for me because yeah. I am very yeah. much like, I want to be in it and it, like immersive travel. Like 
I want to be in it. I want to be talking yeah. to people. I want to be enjoying. I want to be like learning stories and like, talk. I don't know. It's just not super conducive to like having to capture every moment and like right. be thinking about content yeah. every day. So yeah. like I did a couple trips like that and I was like, you know what? I don't like this. Yeah. And this it goes back to the thing that like, I'm not willing to stick with something that I don't completely wholeheartedly love. Yeah. And some people might call that being a quitter. And like, I'm happy to be a quitter if that's the case, you know, like, so while I still have the travel, like as the foundation of my brand and why I'm doing what I'm doing, I very much want to show other people how they can create this kind of life yeah. for themselves. So it's a mix of telling the travel stories that really yeah. light me up and that I'm so grateful to have as yeah. a part of my life and like to get those experiences, yeah. but it's also teaching other people how they can build online businesses so that they can create that type of freedom as well. Okay. So that's sort of like the two pieces of the business and how they came together. And, you know, it started as a travel blog, but the beauty of entrepreneurship is that you don't have to keep your business in like this little bubble or box because that's what you started it as, you know, like you can morph it into be whatever you want it to be. And like, is the picture still a little muddy? Maybe, but I still have clients. I'm still writing about things that I like. And yeah. I, I don't know. I love that. And that's what I love about online businesses. You can like I love it. really focus on what lights you up and how you can help other people. And that's sort of like what I want to do with one wonderful life is those two things, like share the things that light me up and help other people create a life that's similar. If that's something that they want. I love that. I, uh, I've been, I've, I've had a YouTube channel for almost, God, almost six years now. And I started like I, whenever we traveled, cause we've always been a traveling family. We've always just traveled around the United States. We've done overseas. And as I've, I've got older, as we've traveled, I've stopped carrying my camera around and talking to my camera as we've been walking yep. around. More, I'm turning it around, capturing the things because that's the stuff that I honestly go back and watch more. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're not going back and watching yourself. So I, in 100%. the sense, I'm like, people don't want to hear me talk. Yeah. And like, what's going I, on? Yeah. I, I think that there's like definitely that's useful. But yeah. like I, when I was in it, I was like, I feel like I'm missing out on what I'm seeing here. And I don't like that. So like we were the first trip that I took as like a travel blogger was going to Morocco. And luckily we didn't have service all week. So it's sort of like, I was like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be a travel blogger, but I'm not posting anything because I can't get a video at a load to save my life. Right. And it was a blessing in disguise because I think it showed yeah. me that like, it doesn't have to be in the moment. So like a lot of the travel stuff that I share now on the one wonderful life yeah. um, account is stuff that I've experienced in the past. Like, you know, I got back from, where was I? I don't even remember where I was. I went to Mexico a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and I like shared, actually, I still have to share that. So Guatemala, I went uh, in February and the week after was actually like when I shared the stuff for Guatemala. Yeah. So, but I'm going to do that with Mexico too. So like, I just got back from Mexico. So now I'm going to share the stuff that I did in Mexico, like after yeah. the fact. And I think it allows you to sort of like process what you experienced and like tell the best stories and share the best things. Um, and I think that, you know, 
there's still that travel element to the account. Like, but I, I think there's so many parallels between travel and entrepreneurship that I think that that's sort of like fun to share too. I, I resonate with that. We, um, I just got back from, I think it was end of February myself and we finally had a girl's trip and it, it, it was for the purpose that I was running a race, but we went to oh, Disney and we did oh, I love it. three day, five day Disney trip, but it was so nice. Cause oh. I was the same way. I just now this past weekend got the, the vlog up. Yeah. That's where I was like, I like want to be in the moment. I want to be in the moment I was in like race mode. I was not in sharing content immediately. It was, yeah. it was nice to kind of just have that time with my friends and like we were talking about be in that moment that you just, yeah, it's not even in your head. I love it. Yeah. I, two of my clients are actually like Disney, like adults, the ultimate Disney adults <laughs> and they I think they're going next month to run a bunch of one of them's running a bunch of races the other is yeah. just like there to cheer her on but yeah. they uh they talk about it all the time and they were actually doing um virtual disney races too yes. yeah so yeah. I, when i was there coaching they're my only in-person coaching clients which is fun okay. so i like go to their house on wednesday nights and we have dinner and like talk business yeah. and yes. build copywriting yeah. businesses but she got a package and it was all of her like disney race medals so and i was like this is cool. so cool yeah. i love it Yes. It seems like memories. yes, I I have mine sitting here in my in my office, and I uh, it. it's one of my cooler medals that moves. It has Moana on yeah. it. Oh, I not it. be a kid? You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> I a love it. place to feel like a kid. Uh, <laughs> so when fun. you are creating an itinerary for your trip, we talked about it a yeah. little bit. What is like? What is the go to that you are definitely adding to that itinerary? A food tour hands down. Okay. Okay. So I am very much a foodie and so is my husband and pretty much all of my friends. Like there was a trending reel at one point that was like, if you don't like food, you can't be my friend. And I was like, this is me. <laughs> so, um, that is typically like my first thing that I search in a place after I've like, I won't like go to a place like, because I've seen a food tour. I'm like, I'm going to go to this country because I want to do this food tour. But, and I do do that with hotels. Like they're the trip that I went on to Guatemala in February, like Guatemala was not really on my radar before, but I like, I love Latin America. I lived in Ecuador for a little while and Latin America just feels like home to me. So I'm like, I'll go anywhere in Latin America. I don't care. But I have a slight obsession with the small luxury hotels of the world collection. It's not like a brand, but it's like all of these like boutique properties that just have really cool stories. So I just looked in Latin America, like what there was. Cause I was like, I have time. Me and my friend wanted to do a remote work trip that ended up just being a vacation because we were like, there's too many fun things to do in Guatemala. We don't want to work. <laughs> so, but I did choose that destination because there was a hotel that I wanted to stay at. So I guess it sort of like depends on the trip, but for me, it's always a food tour, a really cool hotel and supporting some sort of women-owned business of some kind, whether it's a tour company or like an artisan collective or something like that. Um, we're seeing Guatemala because it was recent, yeah. but I found a company called Heart of Travel. It's owned by an American woman who lives in Guatemala with her family. Yeah. And she does an incredible job at connecting with local people. So 
I went to her and I was like, I just, I want to do a couple excursions. Like I know that you do week long trips, but like, can you just set up a food tour or can you set up like some sort of cultural activity? And she sent over like an entire week of stuff. And I was like, okay, I want to do all of this. <laughs> so like we did such cool things. We did a coffee um, tour where we had lunch at a local farmer's house and he took us in the back of his pickup truck to his coffee farm that was like on the edge of the volcano. Like, and we did a jade workshop where we were able to make our own like jade pieces, necklaces to take home with us. Um, we, what else did we do? We did like day tours where we like went to coffee pl or talked about the coffee plantation, but like chocolate factories and like stuff that were owned by local women. And this is, this is actually from there. It's, we went to, um, it's like a collective of artisan, women artisan weavers and they make all of these different things. And like this I got, and they tell you like who made it, how long it took them to make it. So Johanna made this and like, it's just like, stuff that connects you with local people and supports local communities because I think travel can really be used for good in that way um so yeah local experiences hotels and food tours <laughs> I love that you had me a food tour I like yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am a food person I we are a food family so yeah my dad's sister and I travel like when we travel it's you'll basically find the three of us together yeah. and so um food is is always top of place <laughs> my dad and I were just actually talking about it. it's a reason why we love um Seattle just because oh, I've never been to Seattle my cousin lives there and I keep saying that I need to visit yes yeah, so we we're uh him and I both work for the same company um and so we that's where they're headquartered out of so when we have to go out there we're like okay I don't really want to work. I just want to walk around no. and eat at all of my favorite spots and go down. Exactly. It's so true. It's so true. if you ever go to Mexico City, my favorite food okay. tour is Eat Like a Local MX. I okay. Think website. Okay. But it's, again, it's women owned and she hires all women. And we went to the markets. We like yeah. walked on the streets and just like street food, which I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Um, and all like she's sort of adopted some local girls from a okay. family who have a stall in the market yeah and so they taught us how to make micheladas which are like it's a mexican drink i don't know if you know what it is but it's a mix of like beer worcestershire sauce hot yes. sauce and then tagine on the rim and they were like the best micheladas i've ever had in my life but the family that works in that stall she like goes and teaches them english after like they close the stall for the day um, she's helped them, uh, like lead tours to help make money for a quinceanera trip. So she was able to help them like go to Europe. It's the first person in her family to ever have a passport. So like, she's really supporting the local community and you get to meet those people and do those things and eat like the best food that I've ever had in my life. And a lot of friends that went on that trip with me, they were like, you know, we don't know if we want to do a food tour. And I was like, all right, well, I'll go by myself. Like, I don't care but they all ended up going and they were all like, this is the best thing we've ever done in our lives. So thank you for convincing us to do it. So yeah. eat like a local in Mexico city is the best food tour I've ever been on. I love that. How could you, uh, I mean, how could you turn down a food tour? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Seems favorite activity to me. I know I've thought about starting them around where I live because where I live is very much like a foodie restaurant kind of place, Absolutely. but I'm like, 
I don't know. I feel like it would be a little bit too much in terms of like trying to get into places in the summer here. Yeah. It's really hard. So the logistics would probably be complicated, yes. but yeah, lots of good places. Y'all got some fresh food though. I'll tell you. We do. We do. Fresh. Fresh. <laughs> uh, good seafood. Yes. I, I, I consider myself pretty lucky. Like I'm two hours away from the coast of North Carolina. I okay. Yeah. Eating seafood. So like, yeah. I'm going to Corolla this summer. I haven't been there. I, we used to go to um, Cape Hatteras every year when I was a kid. But okay. this summer, we're going to Corolla with uh, my husband's right at family. Okay. So, so yeah, we go, we're Outer Banks people. We are. Okay. Love it. Head, and okay. it's actually where I did my three months living in, uh, during the summertime and working oh, remotely. Nice. Was yeah. So it's, it's. Oh, God, I love that. Home. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. The discussion right now, you know, work to live, live to work. Yeah. It's never been more prominent than I think it has been right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's funny because I, I, the heavy discussion I have is with people like my dad who are in that older generation who are kind of looking at us going, my God, you can retire right now and it'd be better off than I ever was. Yeah. What what are some of your tips from an entrepreneur perspective? Three tips for becoming a freelancer, contractor, working for yourself. I think the first thing is just to start before you're ready. Like even if you have no idea what you want to do or um, like no idea how you can leverage your skills, like you do have skills that you can leverage in some way, shape or form. Like I was an event planner, but I became a copywriter, you know, like because some facet of my job was copywriting to a certain extent and marketing. So I had like basic foundational knowledge of that. Like if I had thought about it logically, I probably would have been like, oh, let me just go start an event planning business because I'm super good at this. Um, but I was like, I want to work remote. I want to not have to go into an office. I don't, I want to be able to take my work anywhere. So like, think about what you really like, think about the skills that you have and turn that into a business idea. Like it's, that's a super simplified version of it, but essentially start before you're ready and you can figure it out. Um, if it's something that, and you could also start it as a side hustle too. So I had that one freelance copywriting client as a side hustle for probably like five years before I left my job. So it was just like something fun on the side. So you could always experiment with that if you're like not totally ready to jump ship or actually I have one person I talked to yesterday, like really loves their nine to five and people love their nine to fives. Like I'm jealous of people that love their nine to fives. So like, if you just want to like build wealth or do something creative or, you know, a side hustle is also a really great way to start exploring entrepreneurship. Um, I think another one is when you do start, don't undervalue yourself or underestimate what you're worth. Um, I charged literally pennies in the beginning and I look back and I'm like, I could have hit six figures, like so much faster yeah. if yeah. I had just like charged what I was actually worth. And I like look at it now and I cringe and like my clients, they're like, oh, I can charge that. And I'm like, yes, please, please don't charge what I charge because it took me so much longer to get to the rates that I want now yeah. because I had, because a lot of my clients are returned like a lot of them are people that I've worked with for like going on two years now at this point. Right. Um, so I've had to like raise those rates to meet that. And it's always an uncomfortable conversation because I charge too little at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. that is something um, like there's a tool 
for copywriters, it's called copy hackers and they have a rate calculator. So you go in and you put like what type of copy you're writing, what type of experience you have, what type of education you have, and it will tell you what you should be charging for a project. And when I'm working with new clients that are like putting together packages, I'm like, go here, play with this, just see what you could charge. And they come back and they're like, my God, like I can charge so much for this. And I was going to charge like a quarter or a third of that. And I'm like, okay, so go back to the calculator, see what you should be charging, compare your rates with other people that are doing similar things online to make sure that you're still competitive and go off of that. Like, because I think a lot of people starting out, there's a lot of imposter syndrome. There's a lot of self-doubt. There's a lot of like, who am I to be doing this? Um, and that, that translates into charging too little. So I think just being really cognizant of that in the beginning will help you grow more in entrepreneurship in general. And then a third thing would be, I think just investing in some sort of community or mentorship that can really help you grow. Because for me, I didn't do that for two years and I just like flailed by myself and like had so much anxiety and doubt. and like, I don't know how to do this. And Google is great, but it's not going to like brainstorm with you. It's not going to like help you come yeah. up with ideas and it's not going to like be supportive when you're having a really bad day because entrepreneurship is hard. Yeah. So I think, you know, find friends that will support you, find a coach, find a mentor, you know, find a colleague that you've worked with in the past that is trying yeah. to do something similar. Like, I think for me, that's been the biggest thing is because leaving a nine to five, like it completely changes like you don't realize how much your social like conversations and like going yeah. out and all of these things and talking to friends and like commiserating and complaining and yeah. you know being miserable at your nine to five like so much becomes like it becomes who you are and you realize when you leave that and you're like oh shoot like I don't have anything to talk about anymore because I'm not experiencing that so like putting yourself in rooms with people that are experiencing it and have been where you are and can help you like get out of that. Um, And I think it also helps you dream bigger. Like when I started, I, I just wanted to make more money than I made up on nine to five. Like that was my only goal. Yeah. But now that I've like hired a coach and I'm in a mastermind with like a bunch of other really incredible women entrepreneurs, like these women are making like 30, $50,000 a month, not a year, like a month. Yeah. And I'm like, shoot like I there is so much more opportunity and it just yeah. I didn't really think of that for myself until I started investing in like becoming parts of those communities so I think that like finding what works for you in that way so like a group or a person that's going to support you be there for you like finding somebody that you can do accountability calls with every week um something like that to sort of create your support system because you don't have a team like you yeah. don't have somebody that you can pass stuff off to or like you know brainstorm like brainstorming is the hardest thing for me like this is the one thing like as a copywriter I really love AI because it's now like my brainstorming partner (laughs) so like that's been really helpful it's entrepreneurship can be lonely so I think supporting yourself with a community of like-minded people that are going through the same stuff as you are is huge because you by default have that in a nine to five in your colleagues and your coworkers. And honestly, like the good majority of people in your life, probably but entrepreneurship, you don't have that. So I think going and finding it is key. I going back to your, to your second tip that you were just discussing. It's, it's so prevalent in today's 
society too that people are like oh when you're just starting out you have to like you're gonna have to do some free work or or trade or something like that but i i truly believe you don't have to i i i don't think you have to at all because i think it like you were talking about it diminishes what your experience your worth and your passion for what you're doing a hundred percent i think that a lot of people like when i first started copywriting because i had no experience being an official copywriter i was like oh i can't charge as much as other people right but the niche that i was in and the niche that i started in was events so realistically i had more experience and more knowledge and more expertise in events than some of the people that i was writing for and some of like the writers that they would have hired if they weren't me they might have known how to write. But they didn't know anything about the industry. And what they wrote was probably just total lies or things that they pulled off the internet and just reworked it. You know, like Absolutely. that's the nature of research and like writing about things you don't know. Absolutely. So I didn't think about it in that way. I was like, oh, well, I don't know how to write. So I can't charge that much. But yeah. realistically, I had so much knowledge and like firsthand yeah. knowledge that I could have been leveraging to have people pay premiums for me. Yeah. And I've like, I've learned that now, thankfully, (laughs) but in the beginning, I didn't think about the knowledge and the expertise and the worth that I had. I just thought about what I didn't have. So I think shifting that narrative in your head and that mindset is really huge. Even uh, today where I work, I'm, you know, I work in social media and people are like, oh, you've only done three years in corporate America. I have three years of contract freelancing beforehand before I even got to corporate America. I said, so that makes it six years. I said that three years that I've been here shouldn't define or delete the other three years. Absolutely not. Working with local businesses, restaurants to do social media for, you know what I mean? Like I, I think that's more valuable in a lot of ways because you're working with so many different clients and so many different demographics and like, you're learning so much about how that operates in different worlds. And that was one of the things that I think made my experience sort of unique coming into copywriting and being a coach and, you know, being a travel blogger and all of these things is that like, I had tried a ton of stuff. Like I knew what I liked. I knew what I didn't like. I knew how nonprofits worked. I knew how corporate America worked because I had a nonprofit job. I had a global corporate job, you know, like I experienced the big companies and the small companies and all of these things that I think lent experience and expertise and like what I could do with that. And rather than people seeing you as a job hopper, who's not an expert in this industry, like think about all of the foundational skills that you've learned and built in all of these different experiences. And I think that that's more important. Absolutely. And I, I feel like you care, you always carry things. You carry things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's nothing that's ever left behind or disregarded. Wow. Like with my, like just building websites, I, I think it was like 2013. I had a marketing job where I built one WordPress website and I had not touched WordPress since. And now that's what all of my websites are built on. That's what I teach my clients to build their websites on. That's what's best for SEO. Like all of these things that then helped my learning curve with trying to figure out how to start my own business because I I had that basic foundational WordPress knowledge that I had gained from a previous, you know, job 
back in the day, but it had been literally years, but it, it comes back. It's like riding a bike, you know? It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And things today are updated too. So it's maybe a little easier to use. Exactly. Oh, wow. It's so much easier, (laughs) which is also a thing. Yes. Yes. It's always the thumbs up when building a website is just a tad bit easier than it was a few years ago. Yep. I don't want to pull my hair out anymore. So that's cool. No, no, (laughs) I don't either. I don't either. And uh, yeah, it makes things just a tad bit, a tad bit more livable to exactly to, enjoyable, yeah. even maybe yeah. some days. Yeah. <laughs> My last question for you, Sarah, is just what inspires you? Oh, that's a good question. I think that it's like all the stories of all the people that I've come across in my life. Like, I think I get the most inspiration. And I think the reason that I like traveling so much is that I am very much inspired by other people's lived experiences. And you know, I think the most incredible people that I've met in the world are the people that have the least. So I think like it brings me back to my roots and the foundation and what's important in life and like the simple things. And I think that that's really important to remember. And it's also what I draw a lot of my inspiration from. I think it's just like people's stories. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's why I'm, I'm here today doing this. This that's is true. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. Yeah, this is, I think storytelling is one of the most beautiful things that comes. I think so too. Every person's life. I wholeheartedly um, agree with that. Yeah, I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about it. I was like, everybody has a story. Whether mm-hmm. or not they think it's great or not, whether or not they think it's worth sharing or not, everybody has a story and it's important. So true. In some sort of way, somebody finds an outlet to tell their story, whether it's a podcast, YouTube, yeah. whatever, writing it. I think it's important for every single person. I totally agree. And I love what you're doing. So thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. I love what you're doing um, you. because you've got my, you've got the love for my love for travel. Yeah. Uh, so I've loved getting to read all of your content and uh, yeah. I, I need to go do a food tour now because now I'm hungry. Yeah. Go travel. I'll send you the link for the one in Mexico city. Yes. I need to plan yeah. a trip to Mexico city. Next. Yes. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Um, and I, like I said, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and talking with me today. If you guys do not follow Sarah, her socials will be linked down below. So please go check out one wonderful life. Um, and cannot wait to see what, uh, where you travel to this year. (laughs) Thank you. I know I need, I don't have a trip booked right now because I just did three in three months. So my husband's like, can we stay home for a couple months? And I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So later in the year, I'm thinking either Cuba or Spain. We'll see. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That sounds fun. Um, but thank you. Thank you. And, uh, as always, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye y'all.